Today we're going to do a movie review. We're doing 1982's Poltergeist. It's an American supernatural horror film directed by Toby Hooper and written by producer Steven Spielberg, Michael Gross, and Mark Victor from a screen story by Spielberg. It stars Joe Beth Williams, Craig T. Nelson, Heather O'Rourke, and Beatrice Strait, and is produced by Steven Spielberg alongside Frank Marshall. Set in a California suburb, the plot focuses on a family whose home is invaded by malevolent ghosts that abduct their younger daughter in the family's attempts to bring her back into the real world. Great movie. Great, honestly, family movie. It's it's funny. Outside of this being, you know, a horror film, it's, it is very Spielberg-esque in terms of mm-hmm. the kids, the neighborhood, the whole feel... So you can see it, but it's weird that he still doesn't put that. It this this I think this came out around the time he was starting to do more family movies, and so he didn't want his name I think originally associated with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this came out uh, I would say right about ET's time, right? I think they came out was like eighty two. They were within also, like a week or something. One hundred percent. And so he was like, no, 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 I don't really want too many people. If, for those of you hopefully who know who Toby Hooper is, I mean. I know Jocka J. Bowden knows who Toby Hoover is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he was hot off. So the reason why Spielberg didn't end up directing this is because uh, because of a clause in Spielberg's E.T. contract, uh, he could not direct the Poltergeist. So uh, they brought in Toby Ho- Hooper. He was hot off uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre on the Funhouse, which was big late 80s. Uh, Funhouse might have been uh, the uh, year before this, or was that 70s? Well, yeah, se- you're talking 70s for Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, oh, yeah that, that was, was like 74. 75, yeah, 74, yeah, something like that. But I don't, I couldn't remember if the Funhouse was like 80 or Might have been like right at the tail end of the 70s into 80s, yeah. Uh, so which, actually, I'm kind of glad that they brought Toby on because Spielberg wanted to do a horror sequel to um, Encounters of the Third Kind, and Hooper uh, wanted to make it more supernatural, so I'm okay with that. I'm glad the, you know, the Poltergeist Poltergeist became a supernatural cult classic. Yeah, for sure. Versus some like alien, you know, he was really into the ET alien shit at that time. Yeah. So. It, speaking of, um, what, what was it? Uh, in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm-hmm. So, I think is is it? It's ET is supposed to be the sequel in some ways to Close Encounters, or it's the other way around. I'd have to take a look at. The well, years. Close Encounters came out in, like the seventies, I thought. Okay, so then yeah, yeah. that so ET is supposed to be. In some way, shape, or form, according to fans, the sequel to Close Encounters, which would make yeah. sense. And uh, just so you know, Funhouse came out in 81, so it was the year oh, before so this. It was right before, so okay. he, was, he was right yeah. off the... Okay. I still haven't seen Funhouse. Have you guys? No. 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 It, it reminds me from the previews and stuff. Um, Haunt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like a precursor to Haunt, pretty much. Nice. You know? Yeah, I, I think there was like a whole string of those type of movies, like Funhouse movies. Like, you know, there's been... Well, I guess there's been a bunch throughout time. I mean, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I remember with Haunt when I was uh, we were watching that, uh, I you know have recommendations when I was looking up the movie and it was like fifteen Funhouse movies. I didn't yeah. realize there were that many. People are playing on the clown fear. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, and I know makes sense. because of this movie here, a lot of people have new clown fears. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, there's a lot of um, supernatural stuff that. Good. I'm sorry. What? Let's stop watching the movie. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> no, go ahead. Pipe, pipe down, Marco. Um, so there was a lot of supernatural stuff that was kind of attributed to this that happened after, you know, um, 
death of actors. Um, what's her name? The uh, the daughter. Heather O'Rourke. Nope. All right. So yeah, Heather O'Rourke died. Joe like, Beth Williams. She died, I believe, um, right after the uh, right after they wrapped up Poltergeist three. She died of some septic infection due to a bowel obstruction. Something yes. completely random for like a. And she was young, like pre-teens or teens. Probably uh, teens at the time. Pro- yeah, probably. Yeah, either teens. Because she's like she's got to be like six in this movie, in the first one. I. If I had to guess, like like six years old or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think she was twelve when she actually passed away. So yeah. she was Emily, not oh, even yeah, a teen. That's yeah, sad, man. and then um, Dominique Dune, who played the the older daughter in this, um, she was strangled by her boyfriend, her ex boyfriend, in her driveway at her house. Really? Like within years, I think maybe after the year after yeah, this came was, out. Yeah, they were saying that there's you know some curse associated with this movie in. You know, their play on Indian burial grounds and blah, 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 well, blah. for a movie about possession due to, you know, improper burials and this and that, you know, they yeah. used skeletons, real skeletons in the pool scene. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people... Yeah, you didn't know that? Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. They, 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 they were able to get some, um, you know, I'm sure they weren't exhumed from a grave, but they were probably from, like, some medical lab yeah, or medical... from a college or a university or yeah, something. Yeah, but they... So they then they abusing... They got them from the Return of the Living Dead set. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excuse me, do you have any cadavers that we may use? Yeah. Perhaps you see yellow man. perfect teeth. Yeah. China. <laughs> perfect teeth. <laughs> so... And then I know there's a lot more that are a little bit more far-fetched um, with the, throughout the, I guess, the um, the trilogy or the and then the newest one. Uh, a lot of those are a little bit more hearsay, but those are the... the um, and there was one thing that the, the son was actually choked out by the mechanical arm of the clown and the clown mm-hmm. scene. And Steven Spielberg kind of like was up in his little chair or whatever and ran down and kind of pulled it off him. So, I mean, they didn't know if he was acting or if he was actually getting choked out, but... <laughs> It might have ended a bit differently. <laughs> wow, what a powerful scene. Yeah. <laughs> so spooky. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff, a lot of weird stuff kind of attributed to this that kind of was weird because that's what the movie's kind of about. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right, so 1982's Poltergeist, which is hilarious that it has a PG rating. Yeah, in the 80s, though, things were a lot different. Man. Yeah. Like we talked about before, like Airplane had a PG rating. Yeah. And yes. That has like full-on boobs. Oh, there's and... boobs and coke and yeah. drinking and sniffing glue. You're right. And so shit. And shit, yeah. Uh, so seven point three on the IMDb scale, which we don't always go by, but it's good, for, good for reference. But so uh, screenplay, story, and produced by Steven Spielberg, and Steven Spielberg actually uh, produced uh, Schindler's List, Marco's favorite movie of all time. It's one of my favorite movies. Of all Next to the Equalizer, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was Spielberg. He had his hands in that. Uh, what yeah, else? Yeah, that's uh, actually uh, Spielberg's passion project. Mm. He's wanted to do it for years and years, but he waited till the right time. Yeah, cool. Kind of. Would you say until like um, all his '80s fame kind of died down? When, yeah, when then he got Dark Man to do to play the lead. Mm. So he actually wrote the Goonies too. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. that was something I thought he, you know. So he directed um, Jurassic Park, E.T., Indiana Jones, Jaws. Oh fuck yeah! Duel Shit, yeah, his list. Yeah, the list goes goes on and yeah, on. Duel was his first movie. It's like a made-for-TV movie. Uh, he did the Color Purple. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it was an Oprah or Whoopi that pees in that. A buddy of mine used to send me the gif like twice a week. <laughs> I, I don't know. know. They're both in it. And I don't know if I've ever actually seen that movie. So I've just seen that gif of I think yeah. it's Oprah. Oprah peeing mm-hmm. just over and over again. <laughs> I can't unsee it. Haunting. Yeah. yeah. And, and it goes on, man. He's done so much. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, so you can't even... He's like, iconic. Yeah. He's had his hands, whether he produced, wrote, or whatever, in most of the greatest movies of our you time. Have you guys seen Super 8? Super 8 was... Yeah. Super yes, actually, I meant to... I meant to... Um, kind of reminds me of like a... Young, younger Stranger Things it kind of has that oh, vibe oh, of it, oh yeah know? for sure I remember when I saw Stranger Things I'm like is this kind of a 
Part of that. I mean, it was, you know, everything. I forget the star of that movie, but I really like him. I forget the star. What's his name? The, uh, he was in Friday Night Lights, the show, though. I can't remember. But anyway, that movie was pretty cool. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it since it first came out. What was that, like, early teens? Yeah. (laughs) It was a turnoff because it was named after a hotel, but it's okay. (laughs) I didn't even put two and two together. (laughs) I think Super, I think Super 8, it uh, refers to the camera. There's a, that's like what... Oh, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a handheld it. No, I, I get it. Who came first? The chicken or the egg? The hotel mm. or the... Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe, the maybe who's still... The camcorder or the hotel? <laughs> Actually, I'm sorry. Motel. I don't want to give too much credit. Aids, That's yeah. true. All right. Uh, anything else to say about Spielberg before we kind of hop into it? No, he's the man, dude. That's all, right. all I can tell you. Yeah, he's yeah. done. He's, he's one of my favorite directors aside from Mr. QT himself. <clears throat> mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, it starts off with the opening scene where the dad is passed out on the chair and the star spangled bag- star sp- Spangled Banger. Spangled Banger. <laughs> I, I almost, when I was drawing this story, it was Scar Spangled, no, what's the X of this Scar one? Scar Spangled Banner. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so a lot of kids these days, do you guys remember that when the TV they would play the yeah. um, Star Spangled Banner and then yeah, it would just yeah, go yeah. off air? Like they wouldn't. That's how old we are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I still to this day fall asleep with the TV on constantly. So, uh, I've done it my whole life. So yeah, I've, I've must yeah. have heard the Star Spangled Banner into <laughs> static like thousands of times in my life. I mean, now it's like free, creepy infomercials until like Married with Children comes it would on. Be, for me, it was Monster Vision, and then that would kick right after TNT's Monster yep. Vision, and then it would go into the Star Spangled Banner. There was, there was a few. I used to watch like the Howard Stern show. Anybody remember that? Or you yeah. were too young. Yeah, that no, was on. No. That would kick on, and then ECW in the 90s was like a well, big like, thing for me. And then it was Real Rock TV right into ECW, and then it would... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it would be Star Spangled Banner. It's la fecha de hoy. Who's the bottom? Oh, wait. That's, That's when AAF, all they could afford was the Spanish channel. It was like 17 on cable. So after the uh, Star Spangled Banner, the TV turns to snow, uh, and the kid... Oh, and you see young Carol Ann come down from her bed, and she's drawn to the TV, and she starts talking to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And touching it. And touching it, yep. Uh, so then it kind of just cuts out. That's kind of just how it starts. Uh, then it cuts to the opening scene. Uh, it's a very light and lighthearted, very 80s scene. After kind of a weird beginning, mm-hmm. uh, the old guy on the BMX and the beer and the kids me- messing with him, chasing with the remote control car. I mean, homeboy's just trying to get in and watch some football with the boys, and it gets tortured by the kids, which is kind of like Kevin was saying. It's kind of very, you know, even like ET wasn't there like a big bike in the opening scene. Same with Goonies, who's yeah, kind of yeah, going yeah, with yeah, the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was really into like the like the the bikes and like the showing the. So they just kind of show that's like a normal neighborhood with a loving families and kids and all that good stuff yeah and that's why like what stranger things it really reminds me of all like spielberg's works like i think stranger things is total throwback to spielberg like oh at least part of it did anyway. he do stand by me no no i don't think so i don't think so i could be wrong there's another play on stranger things was stand yeah. so they, they wanted that whole goonies stand by me feel do you like stand by me i, I do. love it but you hate stephen king you're not allowed to watch that movie is it, oh, is Stand By Me a Stephen King book? It is, yeah. yeah. It's one of his... It's a short story. It's one of his non-horror short stories. Yeah, like Which that in like Green Mile, Shawshank Redemption. Nope, nope. Well, that was a short story, but... Oh, I'm, you're talking about that Out of the book, book. itself, yeah, there was yeah, a yeah. book called uh, Different Seasons. That's the one of the baseball, too. There right? was four short stories. It was Shawshank Redemption, Apt Pupil, Stand By Me, and then the newest the one... The baseball one, right? And there are baseball stories out of a different book. I think that's a different book. Because okay. the other one, the movie, I'm not familiar with it, the movie's actually coming out this year. So Rob Reiner directed Stand By Me. 
Okay. Meathead or whatever from uh, that, All in the Family. Which makes sense, because Rob Reiner... Yeah, Rob Reiner's done some really good shit. Well, he's, he's done one of my favorite movies of all time. This is Spinal Tap. That was Rob <laughs> Reiner. Was it really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in it and everything. He, oh, and he's... That's right. You, uh, what were you just saying? He's Meathead from... Uh, all in the Family. All in the yeah, Family. Yeah, same dude. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Meathead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, jeez. Yeah, that's how he got his start, and then he went into directing. I think This is Spinal Tap was like his first big movie, though, but I'm not sure. Hachi! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that brings us to a dark and stormy night. Does anyone find it weird that the kids share a room? For a no. huge house? Well, maybe. They're maybe. a little bit older. He's at that age where he should, he's going to start discovering himself. He should really have well, his maybe, own room. Well, maybe. He's, not, he's, he's <laughs> almost there. But I mean, like, if, if, he's if, it's, start a, if it's a three-bedroom, I mean, the house could be a three-bedroom. Yeah, just, I don't know, I guess, I guess from, like, the, the way it looks, it just looks like it's like a mansion. You maybe know? they have a, a weed-growing room. They do like to smoke That's the true, too. You know? <laughs> Who knows? So... They put the kids to bed, and I, I love how they're young stoner parents, you know? Mm-hmm. And Coach. Young. Yeah, it's hilarious. They're Co- is Coach young? And that, they're like supposed to be in their 30s. Yeah, yeah I would say thir- mid-30s. They're not 30s. old. They're not like in their 50s. So young, I guess no. young is... So Craig 30s. T. Nelson was in a show called Coach, if uh, you guys don't know, that I watched religiously when I was a kid. Same here. So, he is Coach. I don't care. Yeah. That's his name. I almost like... <laughs> I had to actually go and look at his name like twice because I kept calling him Coach in my notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You can call him Coach. It's fine. Uh, yeah, so we'll call him Coach. Just for, for the sake of... We'll call him Coach. Yeah. Dad is Coach. He's also the dad in Family Stone. Great movie. And he's also Coach in that movie too. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> he's also... Yeah. <laughs> he's tied guest. He really doesn't matter. Like, he oh, plays different coach. roles, but he's Coach. His <laughs> name's just always Coach. Uh, so we found out the dad's company built the neighborhood... Uh, while well, they're kind of smoking there and they're kind of talking about getting this pool and it just seems like a normal night. So the same stormy night, uh, lightning strikes, both young kids are in the parents' bed. So TV's on, of course. We hear the Star Spangled Banger. Banger. <laughs> Star Spangled Banner. That's what it's going to uh, be from now on. When, it go, <laughs> when the TV goes off air and then we can assume what's going to happen next. It's going to turn to snow. Once the channel signs off and turns to snow... The girl wakes up, Carol Ann. And she's drawn to the television yet again. And she's drawn to the TV yet again. So, uh, then you just see a misty hand kind of billow from the TV, and it shoots a beam at the wall above the bed, and it shakes the whole house. Now, do you think this is when the house actually becomes possessed? It's more than just the TV. I think it was it's opening kind of, a portal. Mm-hmm. And, and once it kind it of shoots was. into the yeah. house, it kind of, so now the house is... Yeah, yeah. Because the, the portal thing obviously comes in later, but yeah, yeah, I think that's what opens that portal, yeah. So that's what kind of infects the house, you. essentially, yep. yeah. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and then one of the iconic, they're here. Yeah. So right after that all happens, you know. And then, weird things start happening around the house. First off, nobody really, they kind of cuts after that. Nobody, nobody really says anything. Right. Uh, so the next morning at breakfast, weird things start happening. The glass breaks, the forks and spoons bend, the dogs barking at the burn mark on the wall. Mm-hmm. Chairs start moving around. Chairs, that's all. I love that part. That's like my favorite out yeah. of it all because it's just like they just move across the room. Yeah. So yeah, at first they just start moving across the room. The classic ghost dick move. They start stacking. Yeah. I see that in a lot of movies. Even going back to the old Vincent Price shit, all of a sudden it would pan over and it pan back and everything would be stacked. Of course, I mean Conjuring these, too, right? Was, yeah, yeah. As well, wasn't there? Um, yeah, there's, there, you know, all these movies obviously take from one another. Whether it's inspiration or even directly take parts from other ones. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm nods. curious if there was an actual case back in the day, and then it, 
a movie did it, and then all of a sudden it became a thing. It just seems so very specific. Chairs and stacks. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible. I mean, like, Vincent Price goes back to the 40s, and he probably had a movie in the 50s that did that. You know what I mean? It just... I don't know, man. Everything has nods. Like, we notice nods, and I think every movie I watch modern, this horror movie, like, modern, more modern, Mm -hmm. like, even 80s, I guess, you see it in every movie. What's, like, Halloween had nods to every Halloween movie, which was awesome. Halloween Still. Yeah, 2018. Even into the new one, you know, Halloween Kills coming up, they've already said that there's nods from, they're continuing to do that, but I I mean, I don't think there's anything original anymore anyway. Everything has a playoff of something else that's already been done. That is true. And that's why Hollywood can't make original scripts anymore. They yeah, can't, dude. Yeah. We're, we're, I mean, there's a few. It sucks few for far, us. But, as we're yeah. getting older, we're going to be like, oh, all right, well, we've seen this movie done a million times. Mm-hmm. It's just now with a new name. Yep, yep. The new young actor, and mm-hmm. they try to... Yeah, it's it's a business. It's a scam. Like you, do you know they're re-fucking making The Thing again? Again? Well, is it a direct remake, or is it going to be like a sequel? No, they found the original, original book that was written that they didn't have enough info on when Carpenter had made the thing and now they're going to remake it to its original writing. Yeah. There's so many movies. Terminator was supposed to be remade again. They canceled that. There, there's so many remakes in the they're process. Re- I, no, I thought they, they were just, gonna remake they just Terminator. did a part three. Right. They were going to remake Terminator. Oh, and then they did, up. and then they did three instead. No, this was in addition to this was supposed oh, really? to be separate. Yep, Terminator was Didn't supposed to be redone, and it got canceled. They were like, they, "Well, because these... Dark Fate did fucking terribly." That's yeah. probably why all these movies are being pulled now. Mm-hmm. Did, aren't the Goonies? Aren't they supposed to make like a scene by scene remake? They were supposed to do another remake, and that's another one. I think Hollywood's like, we don't know what to do anymore. We're just gonna fucking remake shit. We're gonna they remade Poltergeist. Yeah, and it back in didn't do better than the original. Yeah. They still make big, remake Big Trouble in Little China, and we'll be happy. Oh, they will. Once Kurt Russell's like gone, yeah. you know, it'll be we're gonna have some other douchebag that's gonna try to. They're gonna oh yeah, like, let's redo this. No, I mean I don't even want to see a sequel. Even though that guy, the uh, main villain there, don't I touch his name, Carpenter movies. He's he's actually still alive. Oh, is he? Really? Amazingly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he was actually only 32 when the movie was made, even though he looked like he was... Maybe, well, yeah, they, it's all makeup. They, low pan. That's it, low pan. They, yeah, they, <laughs> they age well. Yeah. They age well. <laughs> like Jackie Chan. Yeah. He's actually 103 right now. He is, yeah. <laughs> uh, so go, getting back to it. Uh, so the mom asks Carolyn, is it the TV people? And Carolyn goes, uh-huh. Um, and then we have the fun kitchen scene where... And that's not creepy, by the way. If a little child, if a little girl's like, "Is it the TV people?" Uh huh. You know, like her voice, like that. The kid's creepy enough. Yeah, yeah, she's creepy enough. And then imagine, like, after this, if you were a young parent at this time and you saw this, and all of a sudden your kid has an imaginary friend or something, you're gonna start thinking a little bit mm-hmm. more. Yeah. <laughs> so at, at first, um, the mom's kind of making a game of it. You know, she'll put a chair in the middle of the room and it'll slide down to the other end. Um, then she ends up sending Carol Ann down, you know, so at first, like, the mom's kind of, like, freaked out, and then she kind of thinks it's fun, you know, yeah. she's cheering. It's a game. It's a game. It's a game. Yeah, shit's moving, and you're fucking celebrating it. That's all right. Let's do it. Yeah, you know, she's just, maybe she had a dube. Mm. Hey, can I ask you guys a question? You you know the term smoking a bone, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I said that last night in front of Liz, and she's like, doing what? I'm like, they were smoking a bone. She's like, are you... She's like, you're 80. Why, like, why do you say that? I'm like, I don't know. It's the most common term ever. Smoking a bone. Yeah, I've been yeah. saying that since I was a kid. Same here. I'm it's like, and I'm it, only a couple years older than that. It's because when you roll a joint, it looks like a bone. It looks right? like a little bone, yeah. It looks like a bone. It's you know what they say bone? now, though? I actually, when I was doing my Uber like a couple months back, I dropped off at Tufts. I mean, the kid were getting along really good. So I was like, dude, you want to come up to the room and smoke a doink? 
A doink? A doink. Oh, like, that sounds, that sounds like a dick. It was terrible, but ridiculous. I guess that kid call it doinks now instead of joints. I heard of a jibba, but not a doink. Or, yeah, I think it's a play on a joint, a doink. I don't know. It's and like a I, dank joint then, or something. Then who I asked was Duncan about it, oh, who's my younger 27-year-old roommate. He's like, yeah, it's probably like a movie or a show or something or YouTube channel. It's probably a YouTube channel knowing him. Yeah. A doink? A doink, oh, that's yeah. bad. Yeah, that's a fucking stupid term. <laughs> we used to call cigarette squallies when we were a kid. I don't know where that came from. Yeah, Stogues or, uh, what was the other one? Let's call them Stogues or, I forget now. Damn, man, it's been a while. And I smoked cigarettes for years, so I should know these things. But anyway. Dork. Dork's just, uh, that's kind of lame. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that night, it's dark and stormy again. Uh, and that big creepy tree outside of Robbie's room that he hates decides to smash through the window. And there's these two big... Uh, branch tree claw them yeah. on and just grab them up and just kind of grab them. Mm-hmm. And they pull them outside. Pull, pulls them outside. So while Robbie's being sucked into the weird tree vagina, the closet <laughs> upstairs has come to life and started sucking all the furniture and toys into the closet and eventually Caroline gets sucked in. Yes. Now, okay, so so originally when the, uh, when the TV people end up creating the portal behind the parents' bed up in the wall, is that because behind that wall is Carol Ann's closet? Quite possible. The, the you way I'm saying? Because, so, I'm wondering, I don't know if we ever really find that out, like, is that portal created, but it went through the wall and created the portal within the you know, closet. The closet. Yeah. That, that's it a great point. Be. Yeah, it, it has to be. be. I just never thought about it. So it's where the where the thing was shot, right? Yeah. Like out of the TV? Yeah, because yeah. they don't really show you walking yeah. down the hall. And, or maybe that's what the dog's showing us. I don't know. Maybe if we follow the dog in the beginning. Right. Maybe yeah. he goes there. And they, maybe maybe it's right on the backside. They claim pets can see beyond the veil, and we can't. They can see beyond dimensions, and we mm-hmm. can't. And then there's Popeye that just sleeps. <laughs> and licks Doug's ass. Crack. Not bottle. There's a difference. <laughs> uh, that's actually a great point, Kevin. I didn't think of that. But, so, uh, so they come up, check the closet, only to find that goddamn clown doll under the sheet, <laughs> and they realize that Carol Ann's nowhere to be found. Uh, they even check the half-dug pool. So after this whole ordeal, bloody, muddy Rob, they left him alone, too. He's upstairs. Yeah, I know. That's, I found that <laughs> kind of funny. He's just by the himself. The kid just went through, like, a traumatic experience. A tree trying to suck him into his tr- the tree vagina. Mm-hmm. It's like a hole in the tree, and he's trying to suck it in and tuck him in. And they leave him by himself. Like, there's not a person with him. Like, to... Isn't that what happens when you have three kids? It's just like, it comes uncontrollable. <laughs> it's the middle child. Nobody yeah. gives a shit yeah, about nobody, the middle yeah, child. Yeah, That's what it is. Uh, it's so true. So he's upstairs just beaten and bloody by himself, and all of a sudden the TV turns snowy, and he can hear Carol Ann's voice, and he fucking just wigs out. He starts screaming for his mom. I think that's one of the scary scenes in the movie when you see, yeah. when you see his teeth and the TV behind it. It looks mm. like Nosferatu. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if you guys remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an iconic image. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure most people even know, even if you haven't seen the movie, which I don't think I ever have, actually. What, before this? Uh, Nosferatu. Oh, Nosferatu. I like it, but I know that iconic image, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. one of those that's, like, in my brain. Uh, so he screams for his mom and discover... Yeah, yeah, so that's what I just said. He, They, they come upstairs and they, they realize that she's in the TV, or mm-hmm. she's... She can be heard through the TV. They don't know exactly where she is. So the next morning, the dad meets with paranormal investigators, and doesn't didn't the um the main woman, the redhead, kind of remind you of like Barb's mom from Stranger Things? Like, if she had a mother, 
Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Yeah, yeah. I the guess glasses, so. the red yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. So I don't even actually know her name. So when I say Barb, it's it's referring to the redheaded uh, sure. investigator. So the dad agrees to let them come and, and investigate. He said, "No cops, no media." Don't yeah, that's that short little lady, right? No, or is no, that no. no? That's not yet. That's not yet. Yeah. That's not yet. Yeah. This is the one. It's it's. Um, she comes in after. Yeah, I remember. Lost I remember. in the black dude. Yeah. I don't know what the other skeptic white guy's name is, and then there's right, this right. One. I remember now. Yeah, so yeah. there's those three. I think she comes in after. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for watching the movie, too. Appreciate that. I watched it like a month ago. I'm sorry. <laughs> you had one job, Marco. He's remembering. He's remembering. Yeah. <laughs> it's, com- it's coming to me. Like I said, like when I was telling Kevin, I was like, you know, I think there'll be triggers when you talk about stuff. It come- it's, it's been coming to me. It just took me a minute to remember Barb. That's all. I don't know why I just didn't. Why didn't you keep it playing in the background? Because you kept looking at it. I looked up. Like many times. No, it's good. Doesn't it's, matter. It's that I stop talking. It's because once you when you're talking about it, it's better. It creates more conversation other than us staring at a screen mm-hmm. while it's playing. I agree with that. too. All right. See, I'm always looking at my notes. So I don't know. I'm, yeah. I wish I had the luxury of just staring. It's, honestly, it's, I want to stare. It's distracting. Okay. Okay. I think we've I, done I get, this before, and that's what happens. We're like, we shouldn't watch a movie in the background while we're talking because we don't talk, and then it's just you, and there's no conversation. I, you're right. I think we did that for the thing, and, and we had like, the re the reboot and the or the yeah prequel. Yeah, but I think the thing came out good. And I, then it's, it's actually like, one of my favorite uh, poltergeist we did to this narrated day. by Doug LeBlanc. <laughs> Re-listen to the thing, man. I really think that one was good. I said before we had like this new format, the format we use now, but still, I thought it was really good. The Go next ahead. thing I'm going to get to for us is I, I am going to get a mic stand, hang the mic down between us. I always say I'm going to do it, and I fucking forget, and those things are cheap, so I'm going to yeah. do it. You got to get mics, do too. You do, you, you bastards. But we're slacking. We? What have you, muffin in your pocket? All right, so the team shows up at the house. Um... And he reveals that the door's been locked since Caroline's disappearance. And do you remember the scene when they're going upstairs? Yeah. And Lawson, the um, the black gentleman, mm-hmm. he's bragging about uh, a car he captured moving on time lapse. He's like, it moved seven feet in seven hours. Incredible. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see Coach's face is getting the key to get in the door. And he's kind of just kind of like gives you one of those because they open the door and it's like a twister that is just shit yeah, flying around, the toys, around. the man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the evil dead laughing yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he just kind of like schmirks, like, okay, your car moving seven feet in seven hours, he opens the door and it's just like it's a... like, yeah, get this. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing I thought was a little strange, why would you have a key lock for a <laughs> for an inside door for a kid's bedroom? I don't know. It's, it's not a common thing, unless I mean, you put it on after. That might have been, I mean, he's kind of like a developer. put it on after because he didn't want anything getting out. Mm-hmm. But do you think he would have put a padlock on instead of changing the doorknob? Because yeah. the meetings go inside the room. I don't. Maybe know. there was a sale at Home Depot. Maybe. They didn't have Home Depots back then. You mean the local hardware store? Yeah, that's true. I think there were Home Depots back then. In the 80s? No. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, maybe where it came out in like middle of the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, not like now. It's like now. Target and stuff. Target's been around since Home like the seventies. Home Depot was a local chain. It was like a fucking yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta. Atlanta. R.I.P. Agway. <laughs> yeah, the dude who owns the Falcons owns them. That's the only reason I know. Yeah, so once he yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, back then you'd go to your butcher for your meat. You go to the hardware store for this, this, and this. You know, like you had specific shops. Now it's mm-hmm. like you go to Target and you go to Home Depot and you get everything you need, or these Walmart superstores. So anyway, the the team realizes they are in for some real shit. <laughs> if yeah. that car moving seven feet in seven hours was, um, you know, incredible. The highlight the, of their careers. This yeah. is about to change things. So Barb tells us that she thinks it might be a poltergeist investi- invest- <coughs> infestation, not your classic haunting. Uh, a poltergeist is usually associated with, an, associated with an individual where hauntings are connected with an area. And uh, a 
poltergeist infestation can be short in duration, while hauntings could take years. So the mom, Diane, starts to realize, like, this could go away at any second, and my daughter could be trapped. Yeah. So now kind of time is a little bit more of the essence. Yeah. And then it's weird how the mom's, like, super calm during this time. I think because she knows the daughter's alive, but she thinks she'd be still kind of freaked out. She's just very, like, very calm. Maybe she's, like, in shock, too. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I just assume she's stoned the it whole could movie. Be, yeah, it could be she's shock. Not, no, I'm sure she's stoned the whole well, part, you know, at least most of the movie, but I think shock and being stoned at the same time probably mm. does it. That's true. So the team and family try contacting Carol Ann. She comes through. Barb tells her to stay away from the light. Uh, then the skeptic, the he's like, you know, I think there might be a, a transmitter coming from the house. Like, he's still a skeptic after seeing all that shit in the room, and now he thinks that they're fucking, you know, that just doesn't... That just kind of, I thought that was kind of funny, but, so then all of a sudden the living room ceiling opens up and drops a bunch of items on the floor. So it's some kind of, they start to realize that it might be some kind of exit to the portal. Mm -hmm. Um, There was like a cameo, the woman says later that, like, this cameo is 100 years old, but this watch is only a few years old, you know, so really kind of didn't mean anything at that point in time. Uh, So we find out she's not alone wherever she is. The same skeptic goes up to the room Gets his side bit. So now he's not such a skeptic anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the team collectively agrees that they've never seen anything like this and that they are stumped, but think since they know where the exit is, like we just said, that there might be an entrance somewhere in the house. Then there's that like 10-minute whisper scene, I call it, where um, it's just the middle of the night and Barb's explaining ghosts and the n- nether worlds and stuff to Robbie, how mm-hmm. some ghosts don't. Uh, they, they're dead, but they don't know they're dead, or they haven't passed on, or they feel like they need to live more. And so, the middle of the night, uh, fatty homeboy, fatty boom baddy homeboy, is eating Cheetos, which actually is why I bought Cheetos, even though I'm not vegan, I bought them for you guys. Mm. Oh, gee, uh, thanks. Pro- product placement. A lot of good product, product placement, placement in this, too. Between the Sony TV, between, like, I think in the very beginning, there's, like, Lay's chips, and then the Cheeto scene. Yeah. Uh, that, that was like the era of product placement. Like, oh, I hell think yeah. Superman is what started, and that Pepsi, came out like the late seventies. I was yeah, I was waiting for like the random Pepsi can with the label turn yeah. the right way. Was it like Superman? Like the, he crashes like the enemy into the big Coke billboard, and yeah, it's like yeah. smashes. I think that's actually one of the movies that's credited for really starting product placement. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, after that, or maybe making it like super noticeable. I guess you know. <laughs> hey, they were smart. They knew what they were doing. So he decides to go into the kitchen and cook some food, even though. Knows the kitchen's a hot spot. So he opens the fridge, gets this big-ass T-bone, just slaps it right on the counter. Because in 1982, you know, Silmanella wasn't invented yet, so why use the fucking plate? <laughs> so all of a sudden, the thing starts crawling on the counter, and then it kind of opens up, and it looks like entrails are pouring out of it. And he runs to the bathroom, he pukes, and then my favorite scene is where all of a sudden he looks very rubbery. You can tell he's rubbery, but then he starts ripping his face apart. There's something about that scene. I just that doesn't do anything for you guys. No, it yeah, does. yeah. Where the face is like, like he's at the sink, right? Is, is it he at the sink and he mm-hmm. starts ripping in the mirror? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I think it was pretty well done too. At first, it's like it looks like like a paper mache mask or something, but then like once he starts ripping it, yeah, the, no, like no, the blood no, it was starts... very well done, and that was those were those were practical effects. Yeah, that's what that's. I'm yeah. definitely a practical effect guy. Oh, me too. If, if I think we, we all are. I yeah. think we've come to you know the realization on this podcast. I think all of us. CGI blows. You know yeah, what? You know, if and it's it, used correctly, it's fine and minimally. Or to I think supplement. Minimally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, it needs to be very minimal. It mixed in well. Yeah. It has to be mixed in with practical. Yeah. And they're going back to practical because of how much 
of a complaint there's been about how shitty it's been. Yeah. It can get, even if it gets really, really, even if it's done really well, there are, there's been enough complaints for people to say like, we know it's CGI, it blows. So we're all about it, man. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he realizes he was just hallucinating. He was fine. And that was pretty much ends that scene. But that that's definitely that one. I actually rewind rewind like three times. Yep, it's yep. Just just it's just so you're right. It's those practical effects. There's nothing like it. Even though you can tell at first, and then it just goes right into it. Yeah, this was like a year after the thing, so the game was amped up. Yeah, yeah. The thing I think is like what uh, was the king of uh, practical effects. I think so. Between too. that and Evil Dead, but like the camera work in Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Oh man, those two movies are so freaking. I don't know, man. Before their time, ahead of their time, ahead of their time for yeah. sure. Yeah. So then we come to the the next morning. They're just all sitting around the table, in this hot spot, like nothing happened the night before. Like the dude in wig out. Um, well, it seems to be the like the like the, the thing in the movie, man. Like everything's so nonchalant. Like yeah. yeah. You know, all this shit's happening, but we're kind of cool about it. Yeah, we've yeah. been called the cops. Like, kids in a TV, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then there's that weird, the weird ghost scene where like the people looks like spirits are just marching through the stairs. I'm, right. Yeah. 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 And then I don't know. There's a scene where Diane's like, I felt her come through me. I can smell it. And everyone has to smell her sweatshirt. I don't know. So I didn't even really get it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff I just kind of like skipped over. But we, yeah, you have to. Or, or we'd be talking about the movie for an hour and whatever. Which we've minutes, done. Which yeah. we've done. <laughs> that wouldn't be a first. Yeah. So then it cuts to a scene. We get uh, a visit from uh, from Coach's boss, who is none other than James Karen from Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living yep. Dead. Yep, the Whaler. Mm-hmm. I always call him the Whaler. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to the top of a large hill where um, the Whaler tells uh, Coach that he should have made them partners three years ago, blah, 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 offers him the best house in phase five where they're standing. He's like, you like this view? You know, this could be your view. You know, we should have given you the, you know, should have made you partners years ago. He's kind of worried about him leaving, so he's trying to entice him with Mm -hmm. this new house. And they're kind of talking on the top of the hill and they're walking along a fence. And then all of a sudden it pans out and you see it says huge graveyard. Um, And then we get another tasty bit of information that back in 76, down in the valley... Uh, a cemetery was relocated where all those houses are, where all those names right. are. So it's like, we've done it before, you know? Yeah. It's just five minutes up the road, you know? It's not going to make a difference. This is the part where he flips out on him? Yeah. No. Right? No, he flips out later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Almost yeah. like the very last scene. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's just like, oh. I love that part when Coach goes crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, he's like, we've done it before. And he's like, yeah, we've gotten, you know, no complaints. To co- not until now, so... You know, no, nobody's none the wise. They moved up the road, whatever. So he and he didn't even know about that, even though he was, you know, part of the development. And uh, I mean, I guess this doesn't click quite yet with uh, Coach. But so back at the house, Barb brings uh, a small, classy, clairvoyant to quote clean the house. She explains that the dead don't know that they are dead, but Carolyn has to help them towards the light. But there is an evil presence in there with them, with her as well. Uh, the evil is using her to restrain the others from passing over. So they decide now is the time to try to extract her from the netherworlds, from the house. So small lady, I'm just going to keep calling her because her name is actually Tan- Tangina. 
Pangina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. She, she is. Awesome. She, is. Yeah. she was in a lot of great movies in the 80s, but it was her voice. She her has voice. a great voice, but she's creepy in a yeah. way. She's yeah. only like 4'3". Yeah, 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 yeah. She's, she's, she's really short, yeah. She's very creepy in, in, a, in a way. She, she did a lot great. of cartoons, a lot of voice acting. Yeah, you want to be... She There's something about her, you know? So, um, Tangina tells Mom to tell Carol Ann to go to the light. That she is there, you know, come to the light, I'm here. They go in the bedroom. The closet now looks like some kind of portal. So they toss these marked tennis balls into the closet to see if, you know, if that is an entrance, if that portal in the living room yeah. is the exit. So they toss a couple through, and the marked tennis balls come through, and so they decide to throw a rope through. Uh, homeboy down in the living room catches it. I love after he catches the second ball, he's like, kiss my ass. It's my writing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to start saying that. Kiss my ass. You know, and something. So Diane goes in. Uh, David pulls the rope too soon. Big, scary face kind of comes out of the closet. <laughs> um, anyway, Diane and Carol and drop into the living room floor. They bring them both to the tub to soak. I don't know why putting them in a tub full of water will bring them back, but... For whatever reason, this is yeah. a dramatic scene. They bring him back. I'm they finally sure come this, back to life. Well, is this significant supposed to be uh, a rebirth? Like, holy water, a rebirth, something. That's kind of so what I was thinking. Sense. Something along those. They don't really explain. They just have him say, like, hey, can you fill up a tub of water? Or So, they come back to life. Um, and that's pretty much it. That The ordeal kind of ends right there. Mm-hmm. Or, so, we think. So, the next day, they're packing up. Uh, they're, they're getting the fuck out of Dodge. So we think all is right with the world. but And then the weird thing is, Steve's like, we're not staying here tonight. And they even tell the... Why do they make the daughter seem extra slutty? You notice that? I didn't notice that, no. When she's like, oh yeah, meet us at the motel, blah, 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 near the highway. She's like, oh yeah, I know that one. Oh, And then yeah, she changes yeah. the subject, and when the mom's like, what? And then at the end, when she gets out, she's got a big hickey on her neck. and Fine by me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with it. <laughs> it's just, I'm like, I don't know what the significance was she that was. It's just like a teenage... What did you say earlier? She's discovering herself. Oh, is that? Oh, is that? Okay. All right. Yeah, she's a teenager, Yeah, you know what's man. funny is I didn't put two and two together in that scene. Even, I, you know, watching it a month ago, I didn't really think about that. But, yeah. Yeah, I just, that, I'm like, it doesn't... And then, you know, at the beginning, they, I think she she is a strong woman, though, because she does flip off the construction workers who are, you know, taunting yeah. her. Catcalling. Catcalling, yeah. So, uh, so the... That night, for some reason, the mom's in the tub and the kids go to bed, even though the dad said they weren't staying there, but we won't get into that. So while Robbie's sleeping, he hears a bump, sees that the clown doll's missing, the thing grabs him by the neck, pulls him under the bed. Robbie escapes, pulls the doll apart, the mom starts kind of exorcising on the ceiling, Mm -hmm. kind of like flips her up and she starts rolling around on the ceiling, a couple good upskirt shirts, shots for Marco. Yeah, I actually, uh, yeah. Exorcism. Paused it. I enjoyed so, that scene very much. I did too, but then I'm thinking, I'm like, there's no way that body had three children. But anyway, it was the 80s. Maybe they had, it was the Pilates was yeah, big back then. Pilates, yoga. Yoga was starting out back then, that's, I think. Yeah. That's true too. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so, uh, she did have a very small frame, though. She did, yeah, yeah. Very small frame. So the host, the skeletal demon things come out and starts attacking them. The mom runs. And this is all obviously paraphrasing because there's a lot mm-hmm. going on here. Uh, mom, mom, mom runs for help, falls in the pool. While in the pool, the bodies and caskets start just popping out and kind of kind of remind me of Dragon to Hell, too, when she's in the grave and all of a sudden the, um, the gypsies, like, corpse pops up. 
yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah. kind of kind of gave me a little. I bit mean, of that. even Nightmare on Elm Street, like with the being on the ceiling part, you know, like kind of reminds me of that too, where the chick dies on the ceiling. But that's a lot more gory in Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. Oh mm-hmm. hell yeah! Yeah, I mean she dies, but yeah, movie too, by the way. So those were the, the the real skeletons we were talking about. But so the mom runs back upstairs to save the kids from being sucked into that flaming closet anus. <laughs> um, she eventually pulls into safety. Your but the, descriptions are just. <laughs> You must have done the write-up after the Chinese food. Yeah. <laughs> when I was hallucinating from... Like, you know how like when you want, you're on shrooms, like you're basically poisoning yourself? That's kind of what I did, but with Chinese food. Don't eat a chins. Don't eat a chins. Don't eat get drinks get there. Get drinks there. Yeah, yeah, get drinks there, but yeah. other than that. No food. So they're trying to escape. The caskets start bursting through all the floors. Steve shows up, figures out what his old boss did. Um... And this is your your favorite scene where Coach just wigs out. Oh, for yeah, some yeah. reason, flips. for some reason, uh, his boss is there too, and he just flips out on him. He's like, "You move the bodies, but not the headstones," and just wigs out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so family takes off in the car. And the neighborhood's like, I don't know, I want to say blowing up, but there's fiery shit, and it's mm-hmm. so their house implodes into like a little, kind of gets sucked back and gets sucked into like a black hole. Then the family arrives safely at the motel finally, and then. Of course, Spielberg's going to throw in a little last little... The dad, after the door shuts, and you think it's going to pan out, and the credits going to roll, and all of a sudden you see the door open, you see the dad roll the TV out and mm-hmm. leave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. kind of stand in the movie. Yeah, and... that makes sense. I would do the same fucking thing. Yeah, after all that. Wow, so... that was the quickest we went through a movie ever. <laughs> what was that? An hour and two minutes? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even think it was that or long. Two, was awesome. two hours and two minutes? I, well, I, you, I love it. You do you know, this this movie, though, man, obviously, I don't even know if we have to really give it the recommend. You know, I think we all recommend it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a classic. I mean, obviously, like, I noticed some of the things as I'm older as opposed to watching it when I was younger. Like, you know, like, the oh, like we've talked about it already, the lackadaisical, like, feeling of everything. Yeah. Like, everybody's so, like, not worried about stuff. I mean, you're going to remember the you 70s know? pretty much went into the early 80s. What's your favorite <laughs> scene in the movie? If you had to think, you're the most iconic scene in this movie... I would definitely, I don't know, man. I, I would say, like, honestly, for me, like, from, I, I remember being a kid, I would always freaked me out when they went in the pool with the, the skeletons. That always that, freaked that, me that out. Is, no, that's scene that, I love that, and the mom's, like, in there, and the fucking bodies are popping up. Yeah. Freaked and, me out. And for me, like, uh, even before I rewatched it, you know, like, as an adult or whatnot, because I, I, it's been a gap. I haven't seen the movie probably in, like, 15, 20 years so like uh, that part in the tree, the tree always came to mind. I always was freaked out by that damn tree. But but I had a tree outside my window when I was a kid. That was like that. It wasn't necessarily had leaves, but it was freaky. It had like a freaky shape. Did your dad tell you that it's been there for longer than us and it's there to protect us? Like he tells him. In the no, movie. no, my dad <laughs> well, didn't. Know. He would just pick cherries. And however, eat. it was a cherry tree, but it was oh, a weird looking one. Yeah, it was a weird looking one because it was feeding off the bodies and all of the dead people across the street from your house on mm-hmm. underground. All that soil. Oh, there is a cemetery right there. It's, it's all making no, sense. No, my old. House, somebody oh, farted. Oh. My old house, probably Popeye. Yeah. Oh my god, that's terrible. <laughs> oh yeah, I do that straight yeah. up Woo. dog ass. I gotta move to the left a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You just cropped us, did you? My old house was across the street from a linguisa shop, though. If you know what linguisa is, it's Portuguese no. sausage. Cool. So maybe, maybe it was just, all the linguisa getting in the tree. Oh, the linguisa It's not in just there. an annihilator song. What the linguisa? They talk about linguisa. I don't know. I don't know if you, the word looks like linguisa. I don't know if you brought this oh, up. Like, I yeah. might have. Maybe I wasn't paying attention, but that scene in. The pool with the bodies popping up reminds me of the scene from Drag Me to Hell. Yep. Thanks for enjoying the podcast, Kevin. You're welcome. I mentioned that like when we first talked about well, it. That's why he said, I don't know if you mentioned it. Or, I don't know if you mentioned it. I might not be paying attention. <laughs> he definitely did, uh, you know, 
they definitely warned you on that one. I talked about it for 15 minutes. How could you miss the whole thing? How about you, Doug? Yeah. Iconic scene. Like, yeah, what's, what's your, your iconic, iconic scene? scene? Um, I think, like, one of the, like, overall iconic is definitely the girl in front of the TV. Carolyn in front of Absolutely, the TV. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. In the pool scene. But as far as my favorite scene, like I said, when he's in the closet, he's ripping, ripping his face. Ripping face. Yeah. yeah, that whole kind of... He's got the chicken wing in his mouth, and he's watching his steak crawl, and all of a sudden the thing just starts exploding. Yeah. Like, it looks like entrails, and he's and the, freaks uh, out. And, oh, then his chicken wing turns to maggots. Don't forget the star-spangled banger. The mm-hmm. star-spangled banger. Star-spangled banger. Yeah, overall, though, man, I, it's a fantastic movie. Like I said, I wish I rewatched it, like, yesterday. I did attempt it. I just fell asleep within five minutes of watching it, so... Well, the first five minutes, he's basically sleeping anyway. So you're, right. you're kind of like, well, well, that's, that's you're, you're you're conditioned. You said that you used to always watch TV and fall asleep. So yeah. as soon as the Star Spangled Banner comes on, snow, boom, you're out. And plus, I was watching it in my bedroom, so I was laying down. If I watched it in my living room, it would have been a different story. But that's that's why. But it was like four in the morning, and I knew I had to be here to record. So. <laughs> hashtag cuddled them. Yeah, we want to make the show tonight. We have to record early, so you know it is what it is. That's true. Well, on that note. We're going to end this movie review. We want to thank one of our sponsors, Dark Candles. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up. We're going to t- we're going to do another whole podcast on um, you know some of the metal shows that we have. The guys went to 70K. We're going to talk about that. So a lot of good extra stuff. We don't want to jam it into one. We'll just keep this uh, strictly to a movie review. Uh, we want to thank for your support. We are now on YouTube, so... A lot of platforms going on, man. So for 2020, we're on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Play. Spotify kind of sucks. They're limited, so we're trying to get on Spotify, but they have a problem with not accepting, uh, I think it's White MA4? That too, yeah. No, yeah, it's, MA, it's MA4 or it's it's one of those. So I don't know. I can convert it to MP3 and stuff like that, but they're kind of, it, it's, it kind of sucks. Um, our RSS feed is on Podbean, so check us out on Podbean. So yeah, there's a problem there with just conversion and stuff. So we may or may not get on Spotify. Not really sure it matters at this point, uh, but we're we're on a, a lot of platforms. So thank you for everybody for your support in the last year and for this year. And uh, we're we're hoping to do a couple of other things. A goal for us was to get on YouTube, which I accomplished today. So that's one done. Uh, we are going to think about maybe doing a T-shirt site, maybe stickers and stuff like that. Um, coming up for this year something else for us to work on we would love to be able to do that and get stuff out to you guys uh we've got some interviews coming up and so yeah a lot lot of good stuff going on i will um refer to you guys any other thoughts comments i got nothing as far as the movie goes or anything like that but i mean i think you just said everything that's in the plan so cool and always we want to thank keith mccoy for his hard work and really kind of nailing our uh our intro. I mean, that's just a huge part of who we are. And it's, I, in my opinion, one of the best sounding intros. And there's a lot of podcasts out there from like Bloody Disgusting and other sites. And I'm like, we have a fucking killer intro to our podcast, which, which helps us. So, again, thanks for listening. I'm Kev. Marco. Doug. Thank <laughs> you.